1: There are a lot of people working on medical devices today. It has been a really hot area, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk with the CEO of a medical device company that started more than 100 years ago, back in 1913. Now, that's a company with four generations of history. The current CEO is Julie Charlstein, and the company was founded by her great-grandfather. The company is Premier Dental Products. Julie is well-respected in the industry and has served on dental medical boards for several universities. We discussed a recent product they brought to market, and it's one that my dentist likely has used on me, and how they went from initial idea to a successful launch and a really a market winning product now. Also, remember, we take notes for you. That's a great way to go back and look at specific things that you heard, or have an easy way of sharing a summary of what this discussion was about with your colleagues. You'll find those notes at com slash 263. Now, let's talk with Julie. Julie, thanks for joining the Everyday Innovators.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. McAllister. I'm very excited to be here. I appreciate you
1: having me. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so official. We just use chat around here. That's fine. <laughs> but thank you, you. You earned it.
2: You earned it. <laughs>
1: this, is, this is true. So, And as many of the doctors that you work with as well, right? And right. You have That's had this true. very long career in the medical device field. I don't know if you started with medical device when you were a young child, but it seems to be in the DNA a little bit for you, right? I think from the family you came from, and specifically the dental yeah. industry. Was Mm -hmm. it in the family for you?
2: Uh, Yes. Premier Dental is inspired solutions for daily dentistry, which means we develop and manufacture the the products that dentists and hygienists reach for every day, day in and day out, the Mm -hmm. innovative consumables. This product, this company has been in our family for almost 107 years. 2020 will be 107 years. And I am the, the fourth generation. Very, very lucky.
1: Wow. I didn't know it was that long. That could be a whole nother discussion yes, about all the twists that your right. family have seen through the time. That's a lot of history. That's going
2: to be more than one podcast. That, that would one be. one podcast for that.
1: <laughs> I, I'm curious. So if we just look at now, what are the big forces going on now in that industry? or are big trends, big changes? Sure.
2: Well, it's interesting because you, you started saying medical device in- yeah. industry and people don't realize that dentistry is absolutely a medical device industry. So that alone is very exciting. And we're seeing so much. Dental offices are really like mini tech centers. Lots of trends that we're seeing are are digital, cone beam technology, smart materials. It, It really runs the gamut. And you can Find all of those in your dental office.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen big changes in just the last few years myself as a customer. I'm sure others have too listening. Just changes in the x-ray equipment is really interesting. And then the offices that are milling the crowns in office, that's just great. And doing the 3D imaging, big changes there. Have you seen artificial intelligence come in yet? Is that impacting what you do?
2: We've seen AI in terms of a business tool. We use it in a couple of different ways. We do use it for product development, product ideation. Then we also use it from a marketing and sales standpoint in terms of predictive analytics and things along those
1: lines. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So the idea of using the data that you have and making better decisions with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you mentioned ideation in there. It's always a topic I'm really interested in is where do the ideas come from for the products that you create? And there's lots of choices for that. (laughs) Just what do you run into?
2: Exactly. Thankfully, there are many, many sources for that. And Premier runs on four pillars, our our foundation, and the first one is deeply connected. Hmm. And what that means for us is that, as I said before, we have an amazing history, but that's what gives us a fantastic present and future. So because we're deeply connected, we have access to so many things to help with that ideation. So whether it's a connection with a dentist or a hygienist, universities, it could be needs-based in terms of kind of surveying the landscape, what is in there that we're not participating in that we should be, could come from competition. And of course, it can come from our people. So there are many, many different avenues that we can we can pull from.
1: Hmm, okay. I would love to dive into an example in just a moment, but to dig a little bit deeper in that. So it sounds like you have connections with the customers you sell to, obviously dentists, hygienists, and then other resources mm-hmm. like what are universities doing, what's going on with the research in this area, new technologies, and you mentioned mm-hmm. employees for sure. Exactly. When you're working with your actual customer, not the patient, but the dentist, hygienist, the staff in the office. Mm -hmm. Are you going into offices at times and doing some kind of studies with them and seeing how they do their work and do interviews? How do you get the information?
2: Yes, absolutely. We we do that. We also have an advisory board of dentists. We Mm -hmm. also have an advisory board of hygienists and speakers. We Just have conversations with them. And then we also go into offices to do exactly what you're talking about. How would they use a product in their everyday? We just recently launched a product called AeroPro. It's a cordless hygiene handpiece for hygienists to use. Your listeners would know it um, when you go to the dentist and the hygienist polishes your teeth. She, and I'm saying she, because 95% of hygienists are women, uses a handpiece to essentially polish your teeth. So we mm-hmm. developed a new one that doesn't have a cord. And there was a lot of interface with the hygienists to ascertain really what they were looking for, lightweight, ergonomic, etc. And all of that feedback comes from
1: the field. It's interesting. I was actually just at my dentist this last Wednesday. And that was the first time they had the handheld polishing tool, right to get the teeth all oh, nice. Oh, great. And well,
2: hopefully it was ours.
1: I'll have to ask them now that I know.
2: We'll find out.
1: So, But yeah, we we actually talked about that because it was new. And I was curious about how they liked it. And so much easier for them to use.
0: Yes, correct. I'm interrupting the interview to share something really important. We'll get back to the discussion in just a minute. But I want you to know about an extraordinary system called the Rapid Product Mastery or RPM Experience. In just nine weeks, you can have a higher performing product team meeting only 75 minutes a week with no travel required. One product leader, after trying all the typical training workshops, turned to the RPM experience to get real change for his team. He said that this is the only training that provides an integrated product management perspective. It did exactly what I needed it to do. If you have a group of 5 to 14 product professionals, learn how you too can have a high-performing team in just 9 weeks, 75 minutes a week without travel. This is the system created by Chad based on his experience working as a product leader, coaching several organizations, and deeply studying innovation during his PhD work. Get the guide for yourself at theeverydayinnovator.com/rpm
1: I think a specific example would be really helpful to go through. A product that you created, And let's start with how did you come up with that idea for it, and then we'll kind of just talk through the journey that it took to get it into the marketplace.
2: Sure. Well, since we started with AeroPro and you saw it in your dentist's office, Why don't we use that one? Okay. That sounds great. (laughs) And then we can go with another one after that if if you'd like. Okay. So this is a a great example in terms of really looking at, at the landscape and being part of our overall process. So one thing that we do at Premier is every quarter we look at industry data. We look at where our standing is in terms of market share, where our competitors are as it relates to specific products. and. We have a product that's called a Profi Angle, which is basically the thing that fits into the handpiece. So kind of in layman's terms, I would say it's the professional toothbrush head. So if you can think about like an Oral-B toothbrush head, it's the equivalent, but it's professional because it's made differently Mm -hmm. and the angles are different and everything like that. So we sell those. And we were looking at that, at that category, and we noticed a huge shift in terms of who was gaining market share. And it was a competitor of ours that had never really been in that space before. And we Hmm. said, well, what's going on here? (laughs) Why is that? And then we uncovered, oh, they developed a cordless handpiece. Ah. And that cordless handpiece will only accept, will only be paired with their angle. And we were like, okay, we can have... You know, the second mover advantage here, uh-huh. we can learn from what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. And isn't this great? It's a razor, razor blade model. Right. Because they buy the, the ha- initial hardware and then the angles are needed. So that was really the, the beginning of the journey. And from then, there was a lot of development because this product, there's a lot of engineering around it, a lot of mechanics. And that really was the first foray for Premiere into that. We largely are in materials, smart materials, restoratives, and, and instrumentation, and have never built really mm. small equipment. So there was a lot of back and forth and iterations and changes in terms of the technology itself and mm-hmm. the mechanics, but then also as we continued to learn from the hygienists in terms of other things that they would be looking for. So ultimately, we put together what we believe to be an excellent, excellent product. And the market is responding very
1: well. Let me ask you a few questions about that. First, you recognize that you're losing market share. So that came from your own data, right? I assume it came from your own data. You saw a decrease in these profi angle tip thing that goes on, mm-hmm. on right
2: you're a quick study that, You got I, it. <laughs> i don't
1: know any of these terms at all but i just know things get stuck <laughs> in my mouth when i go to the dentist so, so you saw it in your own data and then do you subscribe to market research on the industry or did you just do a competitor search to see you know what's going on here
2: so this data was actually not our data it's exactly okay. what you're saying is it was industry data so we purchase industry data and it gives us a breakdown by um product type, by specific product, by company. There are many ways that you can uh-huh. manipulate the data to get the information that you're looking for. So that is where we found it, where we recognized the whole
1: Yeah, so you saw this other competitor selling more tips, and then you investigated why. And you talked about that second mover advantage. Sometimes we call it the fast follower. And it's a really Mm -hmm. good strategy because you see someone being successful in the marketplace. So that's already been validated that there's some need there to be addressed. And then you can build on, learn from what they've done and make it better. And you said making it better was interacting with hygienists a lot. Can you just talk us a little bit more about what was involved there?
2: Sure. So we have, as I said before, an an advisory board of hygienists, hygienists that that Uh speak about our products on our behalf. So there was a lot of interaction and conversations with them throughout the development process in terms of hygienists and dentists as well are using their hands, obviously, all day. They become very tired. so weight was very important. The angle uh-huh. was very important. The ergonomics were very important. Things that we wouldn't think were as important, like the charge of the battery, the life of the battery. Should it be a battery? Should it not be a battery? So all of those things came from the various interactions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you see that when you're working with them and talking to them. And there was actually, I remember the, and apparently I'm saying this word wrong because I pronounce hygienist as two syllables. It must be three. Hygienist. I have to work on this. I pronounce a lot of words (laughs) words wrong, really. Uh, I
2: think think that's, it's not a mistake. I think lots of people say hygienist. (laughs) I, enunciate a little bit more, I guess.
1: (laughs) In your industry, you would know. That's great. But I remember her commenting about the weight because it seemed to be really well balanced in her hand. This was easier to use. And we were talking, we went back years ago, we were talking about the very old, old systems that were belt driven and and these really obnoxious things that were very Mm -hmm. hard to deal with. But this seemed to be much more comfortable to use as well. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, different.
2: I don't know if you've been reading our marketing material, but, but well-balanced is actually one hmm. of the phrases that, that we use a lot.
1: <laughs> Good. Well, you probably got it from doing these studies with your hygienists, Yeah. And hearing what they Mm -hmm. say,
2: right? Yep, correct.
1: Okay. So this actually was a departure, you said, from kind of your bread and butter business in terms of internal Mm -hmm. core competencies, developing a device like this. How did you figure out that journey? Did you get external help with this? Did you have someone else do development? How did that happen?
2: It was a combination was both internal and external. So we have mechanical engineers that were doing it and we were working with development partners um, that actually had developed with us the angle so hmm. it was a very collaborative effort
1: okay did you staff up for that or did you already have mechanical engineers as part of your work
2: we already had one
1: okay but you found the resources that you needed. You had a partner that you already trusted that you could leverage Correct. and help you with this. So that's a really good tip for everyday innovators, right, That to not get stuck on the resource issue. If you have a really good idea and there's a market for that and you know that you can solve customers' problems, we can solve the resource issue then and get the help that we need to make the product. And you
2: Absolutely did. right. Premier has really built our business on partnership. We do not have the attitude not invented here. Uh We absolutely utilize as many resources as possible because a lot of people know a lot of different things.
1: Yeah, and you alluded to two partnerships earlier about that. One, you talked about universities, and you also mentioned challenges. So do you have standing relationships with some universities?
2: Yes, we have relationships with different universities in different capacities. Some we provide product to, some I'm on the board of. Some we do technology transfer with. Hmm. It's really a very fertile ground for for innovation and partnerships overall.
1: Yeah. On a previous episode, I talked to the director of, I forget his actual title, but basically research partnerships at Ford Motor Company. And they have formal relationships with a set of the top tier research universities doing PhD research on mechanical, electronic, software things that would fit into Ford's world. And I just found that really interesting that they have put together such a well-structured program that others benchmark because they find a lot mm-hmm. of good ideas out of universities. And the universities help them yes. solve problems at times as well.
2: You're right. We, we see the same thing.
1: And you mentioned challenges. Have you structured external challenges to get ideas or solve problems?
2: Well, we look at... at- at competitors Mm -hmm. a lot of the time and ascertain, are these areas that we could get into and do better, similar to what happened with Aeropro, but that was really almost fortuitous. We did not expect to do that, whereas when we look at competitors, it often is more directed. And we had a situation with that where there was a product that was launched into the marketplace and and we found it very interesting, but our head of R&D said, the concept is great, but that's never going to work. And we're like, okay, great. We don't have anything to worry about. A few years later, that product becomes number one. And we're like, okay, <laughs> clearly we had something to worry about. <laughs> so what's up? Um, so we kind of took that as a challenge to say, all right, let's take a look at what's happening here. Okay. And how can we not make it better? But in this case, we, we did something completely different. We took the initial concept that we said, hey, this is really something that's needed. And how kind of from scratch then, not looking at what they're doing, but if we were going to do something from scratch for this need, what will we do? Mm -hmm. And that's how we developed the product. And then we became number one.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was really helpful context. In that case, that was a real challenge impacting your business coming from a competitor. Mm -hmm. I was thinking in the context of like opening a crowdsourcing challenge, right? Here's a problem or something we want to solve, (laughs) and then you're getting people to help figure that out. Okay, that's good to know.
2: We have not done that specifically to date. We have talked about it. Um, We do that to a degree internally with our new product process. We start with something called NPR, new product review. And in there, there is that type of discussion with various stakeholders within the organization, not just product development, but sales, marketing, product development, regulatory. And that's kind of the incubator. And so those types of discussions do happen there. But We haven't yet opened it up in the way that you are suggesting kind of unknown partners, but Mm -hmm. it's not something that we're opposed to.
1: Okay. So that leads me to kind of another path I want to follow just in a moment. Then we'll get back to Aeropro and talk about this thing getting launched and feedback you've gotten. But when it comes to an organization's kind of culture about developing new products, I would probably call that their innovation culture, that organizations tend to be all over the place. And from what, what you've said, it sounds like you have processes in place to make this happen and to kind of foster the creation of new ideas, has that always been part of the culture, or how would you characterize that?
2: That has been a a journey. The culture has always been that innovation is going to be our lifeblood. Hmm. It's taken many iterations, obviously over the the century. <laughs> but most recently, when I became CEO, which was a, a little over three years ago. We said, look, our innovation needs to be process-driven innovation. And so then we started creating processes around innovation. And that's what we're experiencing now. But foundationally, innovation is very, very important to us. As I mentioned before, our pillars are deeply connected, meaningful innovation, standard-setting solutions, and undeniably proven. And all of that is related to innovation. As I explained before, deeply connected We know this business, we have a lot of connections, and we know how to exploit ones that we don't yet have. And when we do that correctly, we develop meaningful innovation. Uh And that meaningful innovation, hopefully, if we get it right, which, you know, quite often we do, it becomes standard setting solutions, Uh things, again, that that dentist is reaching for day in and day out in his or her office. And that is what makes Premier undeniably proven. So that is very much inculcated in who we are.
1: It sounds like it actually is part of the culture there and that you recognize creating new products is, I would say, the lifeblood of the organization. I don't know if that's the phrase you would use, but that's what it propels your future. Correct. Okay. One more question on that innovation aspect. It sounds like it's part of the culture. Employees bring in ideas. You have a process for vetting that and deciding what to do next. Do you have an innovation group? that kind of is ahead of that? Or is it more spread across the organization?
2: No, we have a product development group. Mm -hmm. We also have a vice president of clinical, who's a dentist, so we have PhDs and dentists. And that is the development group. But as I said, through the process, many other constituencies are touching it in their own way. So while it might live in product development, It's certainly being looked at and being tweaked in other areas as well.
1: Yeah. In a sense, it really does need to be everyone's job looking for how can we make our products better and how can we solve new problems that our customers are having. And it sounds like you've embraced that. Excellent. Okay. So back to Aeropro. So you got this product developed. And then because of the regulatory, I don't know anything about the regulatory standards that you are under, but I assume there's some testing that has to take place now and some trials. What does that look like?
2: The answer to that is absolutely yes. And we started by talking about how the dental industry is a medical device
1: industry. Mm -hmm.
2: So all of those regulatory requirements that you would think of that would happen with medical devices happen with, with dental devices. So this product is FDA approved. You have to file a 510K. You have to run... A multitude of tests to be able to to prove its safety and its efficacy. So all of those things happen.
1: Okay, what's that time frame like for medical devices in the dental industry?
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's very too long. I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You are at the mercy of the FDA, which you can surmise what you want from that.
1: Okay. Are we talking more than a year, less than a year?
2: It depends on the device, um, and it also depends on the type of testing that you need. A lot of times it can go through very quickly. You might get approval in 90 days, or they might come back and say, okay, this looks great, but we need X, Y, and Z. So it can be fluid, but being regulated obviously helps to make the product better.
1: Okay. And usable. Otherwise, we have trouble selling it. Of Uh, course. Right. So, (laughs) of course. And I suspect part of that timeline also is how far it deviates from standard accepted art, right? If it's, we know what polishers are, this is just a new version of a polisher that is cordless. And I know it's not called a polisher, that's how I think about it.
2: That's okay. (laughs) There are things that are called predicate devices. Okay. So, if your product is similar in use to another you can cite that predicate device and then there's language around that and and testing as it's related to yep. that
1: yeah that makes sense okay excellent so we get approved you take it to the market how does that happen do you do a pilot first is this a launch to everyone do you work through your advisory board
2: we usually do kind of pilots before so talking with the advisory board putting it in their hands working the kinks out because in a product like this they're always are going to be some. Mm -hmm. And then refining the messaging, developing an entire marketing and sales plan process again, and then bringing it out to the market.
1: Excellent. Yep. And get that very valuable feedback about how this actually is put into use. And it sounds like as you were validating the concept and working through prototypes, you got really good insights. But this is another opportunity to get really good insights. And now you have the actual product that you plan on taking to the market. And you figure out the other things that you need around that, right? Like maybe we need an mm-hmm. extra charging station in the box because of how they work with it. There's only really two locations it's going to be put or
2: absolutely right. things
1: that come up. Okay. That all makes absolutely sense. Absolutely right. Okay. And how long has this product been in the market now?
2: It's, it's very new, less than a year.
1: Okay. And it has been doing well. Yeah. And then just what takes place after that? Are you monitoring through the data how it's doing against the competitor? Are you seeking any kind, I don't know if there's innovation awards or product awards for your industry that you can seek? What else are you looking at?
2: We're doing all of those things. Once a product goes to market, that is not the end by any means, as, as you and your listeners know. There's constant refinement of messaging, of strategies regarding marketing and sales, working with distribution partners, looking at, of course, market share and geographies in terms of where we could do better. So all of that is always happening. Uh And then, yes, presenting it to various organizations within the industry that would be able to recognize it.
1: Yeah. And of those you talked about, the refinement of the messaging is so important as we learn what is resonating. And the distribution so that we get growth in the marketplace. The distribution, this is already your customer segment that you serve, obviously, dental practices. Mm -hmm. So you have all those relationships with distributors. Did you find distribution was different for this product for some reason? Or was it really a matter of just making sure that you're broadening the set of distributors as this product grew?
2: No, it was not a different process. It was just different messaging and, again, a different type of product. But Uh because we are very big in the preventative and hygiene space, it was a natural progression. So it fit in very nicely with the rest of our offering.
1: Excellent. Good. Well, thanks for walking us through Aeropro. That was great that I was just a customer (laughs) of it, uh, not knowing that at all. Well, I'm hoping that it
2: was Aeropro. It could have been the one that we found out was in the market, and that's why we got it. Either way, (laughs) she's having a good experience.
1: (laughs) So I will double check on that, but we'll say it is.
2: (laughs) Okay, great.
1: As listeners know, I love innovation quotes, success quotes. What do you have for us? And just tell us why you chose that one, what that means to you.
2: Sure. The quote is to start a revolution, the only solution evolve. Hmm. And, you know, that, that might sound very erudite, but it actually comes from a Gatorade commercial. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's very, very apropos to our business, to innovation, and specifically, of course, being a business that has been around for four generations over multiple decades. That's something that we're constantly, constantly thinking about is what is going to be our next evolutionary phase so that we can continue to drive relevance to the market and bring solutions to dentists and their patients.
1: What I love is the backstory. I have to find this commercial now that came from Gatorade. They evolved their industry by providing pre- and post-workout supplements based on research from 12 high school athletes, right? And it was just insights in a small area that really led to Huge changes in the company. So that was definitely a revolution mm-hmm. for them. Thanks for sharing yeah. that with us. I really appreciate that quote, Julie. Sure. How can listeners find out just about the work that you and your company are doing?
2: Sure. Well, you can go online to our website, premierdentalco.com. Mm-hmm. There you'll find out all about the company, all about our innovations, all about our strategy. You can go online in general and search Premier. You can search product names, and you'll find a lot of great information and a and lot of laudatory compliments about <laughs> about our work.
1: Awesome. Julia. I'll make sure that that link is in the show notes so it's easy for people to get to.
2: Excellent. Thank you. I just
1: want to underscore those pillars that you shared. I think creating this kind of construct, these pillars that characterize the organization related to innovation, is really meaningful. And if I got these right, you said deeply connected. That leads to meaningful innovation. Meaningful innovation, then if it's mm-hmm. successful, leads to standard setting solutions in the industry, which all by itself, mm-hmm. I think as a product person, maybe as a, my engineer hat on here is really powerful, right? That we're leading the way in the industry. And, mm-hmm. and then that the organization is undeniably proven through that. Correct. That's a great philosophy, and it's a good way of kind of capturing innovation culture, a way of, of making it, you have meaningful in there, but making the innovation as a culture for the organization more meaningful about who are we. We are involved in those things. Thank you for that example.
2: Sure. Yes. It, it yeah. really encapsulates who we are.
1: That's excellent. Good. Well, I appreciate your time. I appreciate the product journey to hear more about Aeropro and how that came about and what happened with that and all the insights. And I'll make sure links get in the show notes. Julie, thanks for your time.
2: Excellent. Thank you, Dr. McAllister. I really enjoyed it.
1: Thanks again for listening to The Everyday Innovator. This is where product leaders and managers make their move to product master, learning practical knowledge that leads to more influence and confidence, so you'll create products customers love. Find a summary of everything we talked about with Julie at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 263. Keep innovating.
0: Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit theeverydayinnovator.com.